the parable of the sower is interpreted by Matthew allegorically, a not uncommon way at the time of understanding the story's meaning. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus went out and sat beside the sea. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and they sprang up quickly, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil, and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. That is what is sown on the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. But such a person has no root and endures only for a while and when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word, and it yields nothing. But as for what was grown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it who indeed bears fruit and yields in one case a hundredfold, and in another sixty, and in another thirty. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. It seems that when we hear the gospel of the sower, there's always a temptation for us, I'm projecting of course, I'm tempted to read the gospel of the sower and say, oh man, am I the thorns, am I the path, am I, which one am I? Where do I fall? So I see a couple people nodding, so projection works once in a while. <laughs> so, and I think the best answer to that is, don't worry, we're all, all of them. I think, after all, the way to interpret this from the point of view of the thorns or the path or the hungry birds and so forth may be to say, we're people who are created by God and redeemed but 
we are flawed, and sometimes we may be having shallow root, or sometimes we may wither under challenge, but the good news is, and especially we as a congregation, are often in different places in this, and therefore can lift each other up. Or put it a different way, as I get older, and I know you're all looking at me like, what are you, 12? <laughs> but I really start to buy into the idea of we go through seasons in our life of faith, as well as physical or emotional or what have you. And we have seasons where we may be more prosperous, we may be more able to produce, and then there are the seasons where we just need to be maybe fallow, to rest, where we might need to take care of ourselves or our families. And so in a congregation, the mystical body of Christ as it were, the in a diocese, in a church, in a communion, we are all in different seasons. Some may be been there, done that. Some may be excited, where can I plug in and where can I produce fruit? Some may be just putting the toe in the water a little bit, and so forth. And that's exactly where we need to be. And that's great because as a congregation and as a body, we are all going to produce good fruit a hundredfold, sixty, thirtyfold, if we look at the long, the long term, the overview, the big picture. So if you're wondering, am I the thorns or the path or the hungry birds? Yeah, you probably were at one point, but the good news is we are also the good soil. So I guess it's sort of like the, the riddle of the Sphinx, you know, um, or I guess, is it Shakespeare's nine ages of man? Did he have nine, seven, twelve? Bunch of ages of man. Um, who was this thing? Was that Perseus or Theseus, Dallas? Perseus, I think, right? The other one's a minute. Anyway, so this guy goes to a sphinx, and the sphinx said, what has four legs in the morning, two legs in the afternoon, and three legs in the evening? And if you don't get it right, I'm going to eat you. And everyone gets eaten, except for whoever this guy is who figures out the answer, and he says, the answer is humanity. We crawl on our four you know, legs and hands when we're babies, and then we grow up and walk on two legs, and then as we get older, we may need a cane, our third, in order to make it. And we go through seasons. But in the final analysis, in the long view, we get where we need to be, because we are lifted up by each other who find themselves in different seasons as well. First point. Second point, 
I was always taught that the rule of thumb for understanding a parable is it's never about us. So everything I said in the first five minutes, but parables are always about what is God like? Jesus is explaining us through the use of stories and parables who he is, what the kingdom is that he's going to bring into which we are all invited. And so the kingdom or the sower as revealed by Christ in this parable is somebody who is profligate or prodigal or wasteful with seed. I'm sure Mark would tell us that this is not how you run a farm. You're not going to walk all through Denton with expensive and good seed and just throw it around and some's going to be on the sidewalk and some is going to be eaten by the birds and so forth. You're going to take land that has been prepared, probably has lain fallow for a while. You're going to till it and you're going to plow it. That's the same thing, right? <laughs> I'm from Baltimore, but you make the land ready and you put the seed in it so it grows where it's supposed to grow. But that's not what the sower does. And so we learn that the divine is wasteful with love. I mean, this precious word of God, this precious sense of vocation, this precious sense of being in communion with the one who called us into existence and who will even die for us so that we may live always in abundant life is willing to give it to just anybody. And that's kind of a scandal. You don't have to deserve it. And in fact, you don't even have to do anything with it. God gives this seed to all the wrong people. All the people who shouldn't be receiving the word of God. All the people who should not be called by God or searched out for God or invited into communion with God because of who they are, because of what they do, because of where they come from, because of their history, because of whatever. And yet, the rain which we had this morning fell on all of us, not just the bad ones. The sun gives its warmth and its light to everyone, not just the good ones. And the seed, the word of God, vocation, invitation to relationship with the divine is offered freely and wastefully to all. You can even think of it as love is wasted. It's not a wise investment. Love is not a powerful tool. It's given away without thought of profit or even outcome. Often love is swallowed up by ingratitude or falls into gaping wounds or sown among evil and hatred where no amount of love should succeed. 
Love is wasted gladly on the unknowing, the ungrateful, the undeserving. Even your love of someone dear is waste, for their love can only be a gift, not a transaction. We tread on the seeds of divine love. Daily we go out to sow wastefully, scattering as much love as possible. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.